0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Cooperators Viewer's Couch Pursuit of Platinum. I'm your host, Ben, and if you didn't know, on the Pursuit of Platinum, I give my thoughts on a game that I have platinumed on the PlayStation from top to bottom. Each episode, I talk about the story, the gameplay, the graphics, if it's worth it to take the time, and of course, the overall platinability. You can listen to The Cooperator's Viewer's Couch, Pursuit of Platinum, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also catch us on a regular basis on Twitch at twitch.tv slash theco underscore operators. You can also connect with us on social media, and those links will be in the description of the podcast. That's enough of all that. Let's jump into my journey through Far Cry, New Dawn. Far Cry New Dawn is a shooter developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft itself. The game is a spin-off of the Far Cry series and is a narrative sequel to Far Cry 5. As a result, it features many of the pre-existing gameplay elements from the series, including a large open world, capturing outposts, and an AI or co-op companion uh, but also introduces several new elements from an rpg style gameplay this includes an upgradable home base increased reliance on crafting from limited supplies as well as the addition of superpowers after the depressing end of far cry 5 where this world seemed to be lit on fire by nuclear explosions this new game is set 17 years after that catastrophe The survivors now attempt to rebuild and recreate Hope County from scratch. You know, I've said it before and I will say it again, Shooters are not my favorite genre of game. But Far Cry 5, and just Far Cry in general, really caught my attention a couple years ago. And this new one really helped scratch that itch when I was looking for something a little lighter to play. It came along with these fun add-ons that I'll get into more later, but they made this game less of just a random shooter, say like Call of Duty, where you're going through some historical or made-up historical event, and made it into this really fun exercise of seeing what a post-apocalyptic world would be like, but in maybe a less dark sense than something like Mad Max. I mean, obviously, you still get the same kind of stereotypes and same kind of characters. You get the crazy people, the people who seem to want to eat people kill people just do what's best for them you also have this cult that's surrounding the area but are mostly keeping to themselves now unlike in far cry 5 when they were trying to take over all of hope valley but these but the cult seems to live in a technology less world uh, and they kind of are just keeping to themselves and working by some kind of prophecy which you learn later has something to do with your character the map definitely is not as big as it was in far cry in fact a smaller version of hope county was actually used that was direct relation to far cry 5 itself large sections of the northern and eastern hope country are now inaccessible though because it is a smaller base game Uh, these are also called irradiated zones which you can't really go into or you die i believe uh some parts of the north can actually be accessed over the course of the game that are locked out at first uh, but you need to get past the part where you are going against the cult itself Many of the individual locations have been also redesigned, either having been reclaimed by nature or repurposed by the highwaymen themselves, so you'll see a lot more overgrown buildings as well as graffitied up places. Some of these locations also have new areas for players to explore, which is awesome, such as cave systems, bunkers, and even new buildings. You know, this game definitely was not a perfect game let's let's be honest but it is also just an entertaining ride like it's something that you can flip on do for a couple hours and get off without any feeling like you need to keep going but it was also entertaining enough for you to continue with while you were playing it it's not something that you really need to grind out you can just kind of go at your own pace go through the game and finish it I think it took me probably about 10 hours 10 to 15 and yeah and that's all it is the story is okay it's not amazing but I'll get into that later but that's enough of my initial thoughts let's move into the next section which is the bronze trophy or the plot And here we go again, another post-apocalyptic shooter. In 2035, 17 years after the events of Far Cry 5, Hope County and the rest of the world have been devastated by a nuclear war. Isn't that just a story we think about all the time? The survivors who had taken shelter underground begin to emerge and rebuild their societies. Hope County survivors found the settlement of prosperity, but are soon attacked by the Highwaymen. Desperate for help, Carmina Ray appeals for help from Thomas Rush, the leader of a group rebuilding communities across America. Rush and the captain answer the call, but they are ambushed almost immediately by the Highwaymen and are confronted by Mickey and Lou, twin sisters who lead the Highwaymen. The twins attempt to forcibly recruit Rush, but when he refuses, he pushes the captain into a nearby river and kills their other companion. Carmina pulls the captain from the river and informs them that the twins have left with Rush in their custody. Carmina and the captain travel to Hope County to receive guidance from Kim, who encourages them to travel around Hope County to unite scattered survivors. This is all with the goal to build Prosperity into something where they can fend off the Highwaymen. The Captain heads out to secure resources and specialists from across Hope County so that Prosperity can be at its greatest strength. Angered by Prosperity's defiance though, the Highwaymen retaliate and attack the settlement, causing serious damage and casualties. With Prosperity in no condition to survive another attack, Rust suggests forming an alliance with another survivor group in the area called New Eden the group that was originally led by Joseph Seed. If you've played the first game, then you know exactly who Joseph Seed is. He was the head of the cult. Kim is reluctant to trust Joseph as she should be because Joseph was crazy as hell in the last game. But Carmina is confident that he is now a changed man after the events of the first game. With no other choice, the captain heads out to negotiate with New Eden, where they recover the book, Joseph's personal Bible, and turn it into Ethan, New Eden's current ruler and Joseph's son. Ethan reveals that Joseph had disappeared long ago and is bitter over his abandonment. Makes sense. If you get abandoned by your father, why not take over his cult and use it for your own gains? He agrees to an alliance with Prosperity on the condition that Captain brings back proof of Joseph's death so that they can get rid of all this prophecy talk. The Captain travels northward following Joseph's trail and finds him living as a hermit in the wilderness. Joseph welcomes the captain as a prophesied savior of the world and reveals that in the aftermath of nuclear war he has done his best to atone for his past sins that are written all over his body. Joseph offers the captain an apple from the sacred tree which triggers a powell hallucination where the captain is forced to battle a bestial personification of his own soul. Kinda weird, kinda awesome, very different from the first game. Upon defeating the beast and waking up, the captain returns to New Eden with Joseph and the abilities called Eden's Gift. Joseph designates the cap as New Eden's shepherd and commits his forces to fight the Highland, among them being the judge, uh, the deputy from the previous game who is hiding their identity out of shame and guilt. Though I don't think it's actually explicitly said, it's definitely something i always thought was the case uh that the judge was your character from the first game who had been kind of i guess uh stockholm syndromed into helping but it's kind of a interesting tie right there meanwhile rush is captured by the highwayman again but as the captain goes to save him the twins execute him this triggers eden's gift though giving the captain superhuman strength and allowing him to beat the twins until getting knocked out by a shotgun blast believing the captain is dead though the twins decide to investigate new eden about the source of the captain's strength the captain recovers rush's body and buries him at prosperity to help find out what the twins are planning next the captain infiltrates the highwaymen Where they discover Ethan has decided to betray New Eden and promises to show the twins the location of the secret fruit in return for burning down New Eden. Kind of messed up if you want to get rid of your own cult, but that is not the first time that's happened. The captain confronts the twins at New Eden and defeats them, resulting in Lou's death. And where the choice to either kill or spare Mickey happens. Meanwhile, though, Ethan ignores Joseph's warning and eats one of the sacred fruits himself, but it triggers an inhuman transformation in his body. I guess eating fruit that has been irradiated? Not such a good idea. This then forces the captain to kill him as he's become a monster. Realizing his actions only bring death and destruction, Joseph burns down the sacred tree and pleads for the captain to kill him. The captain may choose to do so or not. If the captain does the burning tree begins to snap apart immediately. If not, Joseph is left wailing for the release while the captain walks away. To finish things up, you head back to Prosperity, where a celebration is going on for their victory over the twins and the highwaymen, and the final scene is Carmina and the captain over Rush's grave. And that's the story of New Dawn in a very abridged set fashion i really liked this story i know it wasn't very long and there wasn't a lot of new quote unquote to it but the twins were really great antagonists because it didn't really seem like they just wanted to kill everyone even though that's kind of what the game wanted you to believe they want to take care of their own and they want to bring people into the mix it reminds me kind of of conquered nations in wars of the past where they take over an area but incorporate all their people especially those who have skills obviously but i mean in the end they were still kind of crazy but the background that you get for them is actually very interesting as well you get to see them as kids and they get get the choice between staying with their i guess their mother i believe or else going over to their father who is the head of a gang and they end up choosing to go with the father another aspect i really like was bringing back in the cult as well as joseph i'm not crazy about how they tried to humanize him at the end and make it so he could actually be forgiven for his sins but it was interesting seeing him after the 17 years he spent in captivity and that he actually did feel for what he had done at least in some part uh he also made new eden into a place where it wasn't all about their weird religion or at least not as much about the weird religion and taking over people's minds through drugs it seemed more like they were actually just trying to band together to live and survive away from any kind of technology as well as away from the highwaymen and anyone else so i thought in that way it actually was a pretty compelling way to tell that story and i thought that i'm not sure they could have done much more with this story without it getting stale I think they added just enough story to keep you pushing along while doing all the other tasks, but the story is not exactly where they spent all their time. I think that it was a little bit rushed at points, interesting at points, but not something that I would play the game again to get again. I would play this more again to just do the ridiculous fighting and that kind of thing, and maybe doing some of the exhibitions again to help other people get that platinum trophy online but that's enough of the plot let's move on to the next section which is the silver trophies or the presentation far cry new dawn was not that big a departure from far cry 5 in terms of graphics so if you played that game before you'll know exactly what you're getting to here going into my playthrough i was a bit worried that this was going to be nothing but a rehashing with some new environmental features uh but a lot had actually changed aesthetically and in the landscape itself with this new gang being the primary enemy more compounds were added as well as new and a kind of cool brighter graffiti styled environment was added to the game this was a stark change from the creepy cult feel from the first game During the progression of the game, you will unlock extra missions as well, which will bring you to different large-scale compounds that are a very different look and feel to those that were in the original story. These include a theme park, an abandoned jail, and even a cargo ship to get you through to get more resources and weapons. These regions are outside the main map and smaller in size overall, Uh, but the development team it seemed wanted to make a more complex environment with these expeditions, something they couldn't do across the entire map. Though I found this change really inviting, I did wish that there was more of this kind of diversity throughout the regular map itself. I know it was meant to be a smaller scale spin-off of a game, but I feel like the effort that was put into these expeditions could have been added to the regular game and made so many interesting areas on the map. This could include things like the cargo ship or even the theme park styled area into the main story areas. You could still make them a extra mission to need to complete with others but I think all in all it was kind of a wasted opportunity. The soundtrack as a whole was pretty diverse between the ambient sound of regular trips as well as the radio stations you can blast while driving around the world. Though like most shooters that I work through I found that I started to drift away from listening to the game especially when I got strong enough for it not to matter when I was shot a few times before I took out a camp. This was almost a problem in my mind because usually in a shooter you're going to want to hear everything around you so that you can hear who's shooting from where but because I got to be so strong by the end that things didn't really matter when they hit me i could just run around without listening to a single thing that was going on and just reading subtitles when needed i was pretty happy with the presentation aspects of this game overall though i think the map had enough changes to not feel like it was just a money grab of a type of spinoff using nothing but old maps with a slightly new storyline to bring in a couple extra dollars on something you've already made Instead, I felt like I was in a new environment, and I was happy to have them add the expeditions to upgrade your experience even more. The game doesn't do anything really quote-unquote new in comparison to the last game. In fact, I think that it really just does exactly the same for a lot of aspects. But I think that the expeditions were really a point for me that gave me a, something to work forward to. Something that I could do with friends online, even though I had to find strangers to do this, which was kind of annoying because I played it much after it came out. But I think overall, the post-apocalyptic world that the Far Cry creators created here, it was just, it avoided that dark and bleak tone that you usually get in cliche post-apocalyptic worlds and resolved to create a world that looks vibrant in itself. I mean, it's set 17 years after the original Far Cry, after this, you know, the super boom went on, in which nature reclaimed the world itself. And those places that weren't reclaimed by grass and flowers and all that were given to the highwaymen to make these really vivid, bright, visual, graffitied buildings and compounds. Similar to Far Cry 3 and... Uh, far cry primal this is a smaller production so i get why more things weren't added but i definitely think that they missed a couple great opportunities to make their presentation and make their even their music and everything just that step above what far cry 5 was and i just don't think that they hit that quite as much as i would have liked them to that was probably one of my biggest knocks for this game Alright, so enough about presentation, I think it's time to get on to the next stage, and that's the gold trophies everybody, that is our gameplay review. Similar to its predecessors, Far Cry New Dawn is an action-adventure first-person shooter that is set in an open-world environment, which Let's the player explore freely on foot or in various different kind of vehicles, including motorcycles, cars, and of course, planes. The player assumes the role of a new character whose gender and ethnicity can be customized upon upon starting the first quest. The guns for hire and thanks for fire uh, Oh, that's hard to say. The Guns for Hire and the Fangs for Hire system from Far Cry 5 also returns in New Dawn with characters being able to recruit human survivors and animals for combat assistance. In addition to the new characters, the game's cast includes an array of returning characters from Far Cry 5 itself. The player character can also encounter several specialists who have their own personal missions, special abilities, and story to help the player to repair their weapons. The new weapons are introduced in the game, including a Saw Launcher, which is awesome, that fires blades of circular saws uh, at enemies and almost instantly killing anything it hits. The player acquires new weapons and attachments throughout the game, which can be upgraded up to three different levels through the crafting system and finishing missions themselves. Vehicles can also be crafted as well as gained, or you can just do what I did and steal other people's vehicles for the most part. Some Grand Theft Auto level stuff here. The player can embark on treasure hunts as well and liberate different enemy encampments and outposts. Once liberated, they become fast travel points that enable players to quickly navigate the world. These are always very important in any game you play. You know that if you listen to my Nino Cooney or other uh, podcasts, fast travel points are probably one of the best things that games have ever added into themselves. It makes it so you don't have to run around everywhere you go, especially if a map is huge. Once you liberate these outposts, they can be occupied and used to manufacture ethanol, fuel, or can be raided for resources which leave the outpost open to quote-unquote escalations in which the highwaymen can reclaim these camps and you can retake them for more resources this is a great way to farm out your ethanol fuel as whether as well as other resources as you get into the game this allows the player to replay outposts as well on higher difficulty settings and get some of those pesky trophies out of the way fast the game also features an upgradable home base named prosperity i love when you can upgrade bases but just like i had complaints in ninokuni i have the same complaints here you are given very little option of where things go and other than the choice of which to upgrade first you don't get a lot of choice there either i like it more when you have ability to choose where things go as well as getting some kind of bonus for doing one thing next to another or something like that but i'll get into that more later As you expand prosperity, you'll learn that even though it might be slow at first, it will grow as you progress through the main story. The game also features a mode that I have talked about before, the expeditions. As I mentioned in the presentation section, these are side missions that bring you into fully new environments, which is awesome. This is also where you get your multiplayer aspects in this game. You're able to invite others into your expedition session. I guess into your normal session too, but into the expeditions especially if you want to get that trophy. Here you can bring along another person who's probably going to be late game by the time that you get there and they can help you get through them or they can just help you get a faster time if that's what you're looking for. Or else you can just farm out that trophy in I think it's six expeditions with other people and then you're good to go for that one. Going into New Dawn I thought it was just gonna be another action shooter. Set in the same universe as Far Cry 5, nothing really new. But a bit of a spoiler, you do actually get superpowers in this one which is kind of cool. Kind of an extra little little something something that other games did not have. Just because I say the game is just another action shooter doesn't make the game bad. I stayed engaged enough during my run to keep going which is something I can't say for every shooter that I play. In fact, while running up to this game, I actually started five shooters and abandoned all of them within the first hour or two because they just didn't catch my attention. I also learned that most of them have a crazy amount of multiplayer trophies, which I'm not into. I'm sorry, I do not like the online shooter aspects if I'm not playing Warzone with uh, Gabe or playing Destiny with Chris. But all in all, I think I really, I enjoyed this more than I thought it would. And I think that it didn't need to be more than it was. Because it was a shorter game, I think it took me around 10 to 12 hours at most to complete the Platinum. And it just gave me something to distract myself during what would be, I don't know, something that, I needed something that was maybe lighter than an RPG after finishing up Nina Kuni and jumping into Ghost of Tsushima. So I think this was a great palate cleanser, I guess, between the two and really just let me have some good old fashioned shooter fun. So for that, I would definitely suggest it. I feel like I usually have more to say when it comes to the hashtag worth section. But, like other shooters, this game does not have a lot to it when it comes to getting its platinum. Repeating expeditions, outposts, and getting that one online trophy were time-consuming and a little bit bothersome. But with some patience and having a show playing on my second screen, I was able to grind out most of these without too much effort. In my mind, I think the biggest problem this game had when it came to the trophies was adding in a multiplayer trophy to a single player game it took some time to try and find someone who was interested in running three missions online with me and then arranging a time that would actually work for both of us online with honestly a complete stranger i know that that's kind of what the gaming world is right now but it makes it really hard when you need to go outside of your friend group or anything like that to get a trophy done this was the same kind of issues i had with red dead redemption 2 that a primarily offline game had so many online trophies that i had very little interest in fact i had no interest in actually doing and it really just took away from the overall experience of these games i know it was only one trophy i know that it was only three missions but just the time that it took to get there was more than a bit annoying and not because the gameplay was hard it was just because getting people together isn't always easy I've said this so many times before. I wish that single-player games would just remove any kind of online trophy. I feel that if you want to add an online section in, that's cool. That's awesome. But unless the game is geared towards an online audience, like something like Call of Duty or Fall Guys, where it just is for an online audience primarily, I don't like that they add it into games where they don't need to. And I know that, again, I've said this before, but it just... It always irks me when I'm trying to get my playthroughs done. Especially because at a certain point, these servers will go down, and if you don't get their online trophies by then, well, you can't get that platinum at all, which is very unfortunate. I would even like them to have an online trophy list that was secondary, so you could have the main game and get your platinum for the game, and then get those extra trophies for online as a separate thing, almost like a DLC pack. But I can't just harp on that forever, because everyone knows my opinions on that. Other than those couple little things that you had to grind out a bit. I found that the rest of the trophies were relatively easy to get. I think that throughout the course of a regular gameplay. You'll get probably about 70% of them. Then you have to grind out your fishing and hunting trophies. Which don't take very long. Not compared to the first game at least. Where you don't need to actually set any records. You just need to catch the fish and catch the or kill the animals. I think what made this game so almost uninteresting when it came to Platinuming it is that there weren't a lot of challenges. Not really. I think that nothing really took me so long to get that I was frustrated, but I was almost frustrated because of that. I know that I've said this before as well, that I want my Platinum Trophy to mean something. I want there to be some kind of real challenge behind it, or else it just feels like you're playing through the game and they're just giving you what you need. Give me something that will challenge my skill, challenge my how I play, make me do something out of the ordinary, but nothing really like that happened in this, which is, again, unfortunate, but not unheard of and probably not that surprising, to be honest. And everyone, I don't want to keep harping on this, so I am going to move us into our final section, and that is deleting the game. My final thoughts on the playthrough. It's funny, when I think about Far Cry New Dawn and my experience that I had playing it, I look back on it with actually fond memories, almost. Maybe not fond, but I remember enjoying it quite a bit. I remember that the progression was pretty linear, and there wasn't a lot to do outside of the main quests. There were some side missions and the expeditions and stuff, but it never really caught that much. But I think where it really gets me is that... You can just kind of go into this game and play it however you want. If you want to just focus on one kind of gun, well, you can. If you want to use a pig as your companion, sure, why not? If you want to run around with a chainsaw gun, (laughs) then have at it. What makes this game fun is that it really has no rules when it comes to the way that you play. It's not hard enough to really warrant needing to min-max yourself you can upgrade things how you like, when you like. And if you want more of a challenge, just up the difficulty. I found that this kind of game, even though the difficulty can be outrageous and some of the spikes there are, it is something that I could actually see myself coming back to if I needed something that I played through before to give me a little mental break from something I'm playing through currently. I think if I look at everything in this game, I would probably rate it pretty well for what it is. It's a spin-off sequel without a lot new happening in it, besides some nice colors and the cool expeditions that you get to go on. But other than that, it doesn't bring a lot to the genre that's new or exciting. It brings a comfortability when it comes to playing. It gives you something that you don't mind going back to if you just need something that's mindless. And, honestly, I would suggest Nuke Dawn to almost anyone who likes that kind of game. If It's a lot easier than, say, playing a Fallout, or playing a Borderlands, and takes less time. It gives you just enough of that shooter feel to get the itch done, but not so much that you need to invest tens, 20 thirties of hours. It just gives you an experience that will be fun, but not something you need to linger on, right? And I think that's what I like about this tiny game. That's what I think I like about New Dawn in general. Is that it is trying to be exactly what it is. It's not trying to be more. It's not trying to be crazy innovative. It's trying to be funny. It's trying to be out there. And it's trying to be Far Cry. So overall, if I'm going to give this a rating, I would say that it's easily platable. I would say that maybe 10 hour plat and i would actually even give this a replayable i think i could see myself coming back to new dawn and just giving myself that easy run through just run through the main story or even just run around and just complete what i can um but yeah overall i think i would come back to this game and i think this is probably my first game that i actually put down a replayable option or replayable rating on it So, that is going to do it for us here today on the Cooperators Viewers Couch Pursuit of Platinum. Like I said at the top of the show, you can catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I think we should be on everything now, unless Apple Podcasts is still holding out on us a little bit. Um, Other than that, you can catch us on social media and on Twitch. Those links will be in the description of this podcast. Please come check out the Twitch. We are currently running through a couple different games for the Pursuit of Platinum. We're doing Adventure Time and the Pirates of the Enkyridian, as well as the Ghost of Toshima. Uh, and then we also have some side games going that are week to week. But that is going to do it for us today. Thank you for joining us. Now grab your controller, get some snacks, get comfy, and join me next week in my pursuit a platinum.